0: It's banging out. Okay, ready. Record time. So we can get to lunch. No pressure from Georgia. I'm starving. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Clipboard. Event Experts empowering you to throw killer events for your business, workplace, social circle, and beyond. We're giving you the insider toolkit, allowing you to make your events the talk of the town. Produced by Known Associates Events, it's time to open the backstage curtain and unleash your world of events expertise.
1: Hello and welcome back to Behind the Clipboard Podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Cook, and with me in the studio, as always, is the beautiful Melissa Howie. Hello. We didn't record last week.
0: No. Because
1: we were in isolation. Yeah. Quite the week. It was. Someone in... The office had COVID and we all went, okay, let's work from home, which is thankfully easily done in our office.
0: Yeah. How was is your ISO? Good. A lot of wine drunk, <laughs> as usual. I turned into a raging alcoholic as soon as I work from home. Yeah. <laughs> like 501, where's the wine? Totes get it. <laughs> um like 501, that's good. You and Gin? Yeah, me and Gin are
1: friends. Mm. Yeah. 4.30-ish most days. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um. But it was good. It was kind of, because it wasn't a long period of time, I didn't mind being at home for a few days, really. It was kind of nice being in my PJs all day, every
0: day. feels like a holiday from your social engagements, like requirements. I loved not feeling like I didn't have to go to the gym. It's like, oh, damn, I can't. Oh, well. Yeah. (laughs) Too bad. Too bad. So sad. (laughs) Yeah. Um...
1: So, yeah, we're back. Everyone's healthy in the office again and we're back in the office and Perth is actually changing a bit. We've been locked down. Well, not locked down. We've had some super strict restrictions for a while and we've just had an announcement that they're going to be lifted. Yay! So excited to uh, go back to some sort of new normal Mm. with my bunny ears up. Exciting news for events. It is because we can finally plan. That's the thing. If we don't know dates, we don't know numbers – we don't know what the future holds. It's just impossible to do our job. Totally. It really is quite depressing. So we're feeling a little bit more buoyant today and happy to be back in your ears. Today we're going to talk about event branding, do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. Uh, very important part of the event. So, Melissa,
0: what is event branding? Oh, Melissa, am I in trouble? A little. <laughs> 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 well, event branding is... Uh, is very, very important. It refers to the event name, the logo and the graphics which give the event its identity and it gives it a feel, an emotion. Um, sometimes it conveys the purpose or the theme. So, it's an absolutely essential part of every uh, event. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's actually how you build a relationship
1: with your audience. Totally. It's the first thing that they see um, and it creates trust and builds loyalty and – what you first put out with event branding is the collateral that nabs the people who are receptive to what you've created in an event brand. So you're nabbing that audience straight away and then the brand evolves to bring them into the whole event
0: as, as um the planning progresses. Absolutely. And if it's done well, a good event brand can get a life of its own. Like it can become a standalone entity without the company that created it. And that is, for some uh, managers, that's the ideal, is the event has its own name and identity and following and it's a different market uh, from your company and from your, you know, maybe you have a really serious business but you start this event and it's got that real cool factor Mm. and you're almost the silent uh, organiser, contributor. A lot of people do that with conferences as well. Like there's an industry conference it's got a really cool name. It's It brings everyone together. But really, there's one company behind it.
1: Yeah, I feel like you see that a lot with charity balls as well. Absolutely. So, like, Boobalicious is a perfect example. You've mm. got the sponsor, which is adultshop.com. You've got the recipient, which is Breast Cancer Care WA. But everyone knows the brand, Boobalicious. Yeah. And it's been going for a number of years. So, it's one of those ones that, um, yeah, definitely stands on its own possibly so strong that it kind of loses touch with what the purpose is behind it. It's an event where you want to be seen. Yeah, definitely a little bit. So I don't mean to say that it's lost touch with the charity side. It's That's definitely what the event is about, but it's become its own juggernaut, its own entity. So people come to the event because they know they're going to have a very fun time. It's going to be a sexy show going on. We all know that. At the end of the day, it's there for wonderful reasons. And whether or not when people purchase, tic- purchase tickets, they know that it's still going to be fundraising for a fantastic charity at the end of the day. Definitely. So what do you think makes a great event brand? Well, an event brand is all about setting the tone, setting the direction. It's really the heart and soul of an event style. It's created to evoke, an, evoke a feeling from the moment people see the branding. So... When you break it down into what makes a great event brand, I think firstly clear purpose, so knowing what your event purpose is and then matching the tone of voice to that clear purpose. Um, simplicity, so something that's very, very easily translated across many applications because you're going to be using things like on-screen content in documentation such as flyers and posters and on menus and stationery, And then there's the whole digital side of things. So through social media and websites, um, all of those platforms, even creating an event hashtag. So you need simplicity to be the backbone of all of those
0: elements. Definitely. Some of my favourite event brands are like one word. Yeah. You know, I love the charity Ball Altitude in Perth, which is for Royal Flying Doctor Service. It's just so punchy and like boobalicious you were just talking about. The one-word names, where they're almost an abstract word until you give them a meaning, and it's you know you give it that like what I just said, you give it the meaning and the core cool factor.
1: One word works really well because yeah, yeah, it is that simple. It's hitting that simple mark, and if you are not really getting across your message from that one word, like once you built up the brand, definitely. People know it for that one word, but mm-hmm. if you need a bit more, then you can just create a tagline that yeah, goes with definitely. it. If you need that secondary explanation of what it is, maybe when it's new and then the tagline could maybe fall up, fall mm-hmm. away in consecutive years.
0: And a lot of those events do start off with the word ball after them or annual dinner, and then it slowly drops away as they build that um, that recognition up. Style Aid was another one mm. that became so recognisable. I'm sure it started off with you know, an explanation of exactly what it was because it was a pretty unique concept um, in terms of melding the fashion and the cause. Mm. But by the, its 10th year when it wrapped up, it was, Stylade was just synonymous, you know, exactly what it meant. Yeah. I also think
1: something that's very important is to have a clear association with the event's message or purpose in terms of the kind of event it is. So if you're, creating branding and you've got a really high-end event it's going to be luxe it's going to be nighttime um it's going to be prestigious then you might want to bring in darker colors or metallics things that evoke that sort of feeling but if it's a kids event then you want to bring in round corners and bright mm. colors and fun fonts fun fonts and really bold shapes Things like that. So you've got to match the tone of the event to the graphic that you create. Yeah, definitely. I also think it's good to pay homage to the company and brand who's hosting the event. Maybe. Not in all in all circumstances, like you said before. Yeah. You can have something that's completely detached and it can become its own brand. So it really depends what the event is and what the purpose is. But sometimes it's nice to tie it in with, with the company that's begun it. So when are you creating event graphics or coming up with branding, what are some really important things to consider during that early process?
0: So you've covered a few of them already, but it's really important to consider the vibe of the event that you're going to create. Um, is it fun is it elegant do we need it to what do we need it to say to the audience I think it's also really important to consider the length and nature of the use of the brand yeah so is it going to be an annual event are you hoping is it going to be a really theme heavy event and every year that's going to change in that case it needs to be quite a simple word mark for example as the logo and then every year the graphics support it with whatever the unique theme is for that year
1: Yeah, time frame is super important. It even comes down to the amount of time you spend on creating that graphic. Definitely. If it's going to be short-lived brand, do you really need to invest a
0: a professional graphic designer or is it something you can do on Canva? Mm. And if if it is going to be around for a long time, keeping it simple is also better. Err on the side of caution because fonts go in and out of fashion, a clean sans-serif font can go the distance if you're really hoping that you're going to create an institution and annual event that people look forward to. Yeah. Also important when thinking about your branding is thinking about where it's going to be used. So, Tam, you listed a few of the things earlier, but whether you know it's a conference and you want to fit it on a lanyard, don't be having a five-word high logo because it is not going to fit. <laughs> um, all of these things, thinking forward into the future and what application it's going to have is really going to help. It could be you know you one word again we keep coming back to you don't have to keep it like that but the simpler the better because it's going to be able to be applied to everything
1: yeah 100% and you need to whatever that is it has to have really good readability so people often go oh it's a fancy event and we're going to use these beautiful cursive (laughs) fonts and you just can't read it you don't know what it says
0: Oh, my God. Speaking of, write it all as one word when you give it a go because some people – I've seen hilarious examples of like two-word event names or something and then they make it a hashtag and it actually reads something really rude. <laughs> <laughs> give us an example. I can't think of one right now, but like a good example is when it ends in like AS and it starts with an S and then it's something like up my ass or <laughs> – <laughs> Okay. Uh, before cool. you decide on the name and put the words in – I'd do that just for...
1: Try out your event hashtag. Exactly. Good tip. Good <laughs> tip. Um, what about that you? That definitely comes under readability. <laughs> um, if, you, if you're doing a flyer, don't do more than two font types on flyers. And consistency is huge. So whatever you're creating, you've just got to go with. Every application has to stay consistent. Um, tone. Tone is really important. So who is your audience? I know you mentioned this but the audience is the number one thing that you need to keep coming back to. So make sure that your tone, meaning colours, fonts, negative space and the actual words that you say all speak to that particular audience. And the last thing I think you need to consider when you're coming up with the branding is it's not all about the visuals you create. Once you've done that, that's great, but you need to get them out there. So you've got to create a buzz. You are going to do this, and this is part of branding. So you're going to do this through things like merchandise, competitions, socials, um, traditional media, uh, sponsorship, gift bags, water bottles, uh, UGC, which is user-generated content. That means that you come up with ideas like people would come into your event space and create, or come into a maybe a launch and create their own content and then put that out with your event hashtag. Um, and it may, if it's a really large event and you've got a good budget, you may be working on PR strategies and coming up with a, a whole strategy on how to get this branding out there once you've come up with it. And freebies, freebies is always a good one. So you see that a lot when you know there's. People out in the shopping
0: centres giving out different products that can build hype for an event. So let's look at it from the designer's point of view for a minute. What's the design process look like from start to finish?
1: Well, as we love in our office, it always begins with a brainstorm. Yes. (laughs) So you look at all the components of the event. You look at the purpose. You look at the brand that you're doing it for. And you just start that brainstorming process with all all the things, all the elements, all the things that you can draw from to come up with this amazing brand. Um, that's a favourite part of my job. It's mm. a real collaborative thing that we do, particularly in our office. And it just, it's the dreaming stage. I love it. Um, but then, yeah, so you start big and you come up with all these amazing ideas and then you need to drill it down into something that actually
0: works. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And we build on each other's ideas, which is awesome. True. We often go off on tangents too. (laughs) But I think a good part of that uh, important step that sometimes is missed is you just can't understate how important it is to meet someone in real life, go to their office, get a feel for the business like you might notice quirky little things a business does that they haven't represented on their website or things that, you know, you've noticed are quintessentially them that you can bring into that event brand. Mm, Great point. So then what happens once we've got all the ideas? Well, you do your first drafts and then your second drafts
1: and then your third drafts. and Then your 50th draft. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you definitely have to go into this process knowing that you're going to revise it, revise it, revise it again. It's it's not going to be perfect. It's very rarely perfect on the first go, especially if you're doing it for a client like we do in our business. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing it for yourself, even still, like you, you do your first draft and then you take it to as many people as you can or your friends and family and say, what do you think? Or your colleagues. So you, yeah, that
0: revision stage is quite painful, but also very, very necessary. I think what helps with that and helps to minimise the amount of revision sometimes is to do two to three really different designs. So um, presenting them with, yeah, three completely different concepts so they can see what they like, pick and choose bits from this and that. And even if you're doing it yourself, finish one and then you might get pigeonholed into one idea, go, right, change hats completely. If I was going to do the opposite of this concept, what would that look like? Yeah. That really helps sometimes get the creative juices flowing.
1: Yeah, or even what was that tangent that someone went off on when I was telling them about this? Maybe I can explore that a bit more. Yeah.
0: And then, yeah, I love the idea
1: of having three different design types. And they they could be similar, but they've just got
0: some really different elements within them and you can go yay or nay quite quickly. A former boss of mine once said, and it just stuck with me to this day, a choice is only as good as its alternatives. So sometimes... You don't want to fall into choosing something just because it's your only choice. Yeah. And with that in mind, so flipping it to being the business owner or even an event manager without an in-house designer, um, briefing that into an agency is really important. So saying upfront and because it will affect the cost, I expect two to three completely different options. Um, And quite often they'll try and bully you into the one that they've designed, even if you just, it doesn't feel right, doesn't sit right with you. Hmm. In my experience, Um, so asking and being clear from the very start when they're giving you a cost that you expect three different versions is really important. Yeah, and then it's quite easy to see what resonates with you. I think it's quite a quick process usually. Yeah, and it should be done on first impressions. So, like, that that same former boss used to hate when they had to do the big reveal. Like, the agency had to come to your office, explain all the reasoning behind it, and in her defence, and I agree... A logo should appeal on first look. It shouldn't need the reasoning. It might add to your feeling about it later. Mm. But straight away you should see it and like it. You shouldn't have to say, well, this means this and this means that and that means that for it to look good and appeal to your target market.
1: Totally agree. Because
0: they're not going to take the time to understand the, the story behind it.
1: We recently did one for a car conglomerate. And our graphic designer came up with something that had a car design within the logo. So it's sort of very sleek. What's the word for it? It wasn't an obvious car. Yeah, it it hinted
0: at it through the negative space.
1: Yeah, hinted at a vehicle, went into a star. And when she first showed me, I had to ask for a description. But when the client got it, they're like, yep, love it. They obviously saw exactly what it was straight away and just really liked it. So... Yeah, it's
0: definitely going to be yes or no straight away. Definitely. It should be that gut feel to start with. I think you should love it. So if you are working with an agency, um, they'll most likely give you a design brief to fill in, which will step you through the process, makes things a lot easier. But if they don't, it's something you can easily Google. So, it, so many agencies use them. Google one and it'll step you through. The, pro- the thinking process really. So making sure you know what the objective of the event is, the target market, what the tone is, where it's going to be applied after they are finished with it, um, all these things that are crucial information you want to make sure because it's going to cost you time if you – usually they only allow three revisions. So – if you haven't got that brief right to start with, it's probably going to cost you money later on.
1: Yeah, it's a really good idea to have an idea of fonts and logos. Uh, sorry, logos that you like. Yeah, definitely. Um, Inspo. Yeah, colours, imagery and, yeah, like you said, the tone of voice and also values, communicating yeah. what your values are yeah. to the
0: designer is really important and that will help create that persona. That's a good point that you make about examples of things you do like because sometimes it's really hard to put into words words what you want or what you don't want, but showing um, examples, the designer will take out of that. They'll read between the lines. Yeah. So you might not have said you like minimalist. You might think that that's simple in a different way, but that's how the designer will read it. Mm.
1: Yeah. Examples are a good one. Mm. So what are
0: some common mistakes people make with event collateral? Well, I think the number one thing with event branding and collateral is that people underestimate the power of cohesive collateral. Thinking the brand is just the invite is a common one and not really seeing it follow through to the event. So guests sometimes won't even be able to put their finger on the reason why they think an event felt really professional, really put together, really smooth. And usually that's why. Yeah, or the other way around. Yeah, or why it didn't. (laughs) It felt
1: a little bit icky. It's because you got a green invitation and then you're sitting in the room and all the on-screen content is purple and then your menu is baroque yeah totally <laughs> just like so so inconsistent that you're confused and it's not a nice feeling to feel
0: confused in nah. an event space and that that leads me to the my next one is changing the brand halfway through and you see this a lot when it's a long lead time so um ticket sale lead time says three months people <laughs> I almost think they get bored with their own brand in the lead up to the event or they think that maybe changing it dramatically will help with ticket sales. But <laughs> I actually think it undoes all the good work you've done in building that brand oh, from for the start. Sure, for sure. And it, you know, the old marketing um, saying someone has to see something at least three times to even think about taking action. So all the work you've done, no action's been taken yet, but you're probably undoing it by changing it.
1: Yeah. You're confusing people. And this is yeah, coming back to my first point, which is inconsistency. Yeah. Consistency is key,
0: people. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side of that, people can start to tune out with the same old social media tile being you know, f- thrown out every single day for 12 weeks. So I, what I think is really good in branding over that sort of distance is a brand that can evolve. So the logo stays the same, but the graphics start out simple, they kind of hint at the theme or the evening and they, they kind of drop a little clue, a little extra every time that the marketing mm. goes out. Nice. So, guests, I think, pay more attention to it because they know that there's something in them, in it for them. Yeah. Um, you know, or potential guests, obviously, they haven't bought yet. Like unwrapping a present. Exactly. Like pass the parcel. And my last one is making the theme, uh, the brand too theme heavy. Sorry. So, it doesn't translate next year. They have to change it every year. That it Also, you undoing all the branding that you've done in the first year. Mm. I thought ugly logos. <laughs> yep.
1: definitely a mistake that we see a lot. But they might
0: love it. Like, ugly is subjective. When I
1: say (laughs) ugly, they have not thought about font. They have not thought about negative space. They have not thought about colour. The colour wheel is there for a reason. It really helps you. Um, But, you know, rules are meant to be broken, but an ugly logo is pretty universal. Mm -hmm. Like, and this probably leads into my next point, but like a... You've decided to do, God forbid, an event theme which is fire and ice <laughs> and then you create a logo that literally has a flame and an icicle on it.
0: No. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. Never in this lifetime should you <laughs> be doing something like that. But you see it all the yeah, time. Yeah. All the time. People jump on word and like, oh clipart. <laughs> yeah, too. <can> <laughs> Times New Roman. They're just Ugh. I mean, if you think really literally, it's probably not going to work. Agreed. Um, unreadable fonts, I think. Yes, that's another on huge one. earlier with the cursives, but yeah, um, just, you know, bubble writing or just things that are difficult. If people can't understand what your event name actually is because your font is
0: so foul
1: mm.
0: or so. Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be foul. Like it could be a beautiful script font, but it so many script fonts are really hard to read. That's right. Illegible. Yeah. That's the word I was thinking of. <laughs> Crushed it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: So illegible, you cannot read it. Yeah. Um, And then light coloured font on light backgrounds. Yes. This is a big one. So you see people, whatever colours are on trend, it might be a dusty pink and they've got this beautiful dusty pink background and then they stick white font on it. Can't read it, people. Silly. Can't
0: read it. So you need to have that contrast. And that's exactly why and that's another good point. Um, Ensuring that logos work in mono is so important. So in all black or in all white, because sometimes you have a McDonald's colored logo and it's not going to work on the blush colored invite that you've got. So making sure that when you're creating a brand and a logo, it works in a single color as well is really important.
1: Yeah. Great tip. Um, Negative space I touched on. So mistake I see quite often is no negative space. So they've Mm. just piled everything in and gotten all their information in and they feel like they've crushed it, but they've literally crushed it because it's just so jam-packed that it doesn't create any sense of enjoyment when you're looking at that piece of content. Sizing choices is also a really big one. So Mm -hmm. just get your font sizes or your image sizes, any of the elements. You just need to create a balance. And then the other common mistake is you've created this amazing brand and you haven't promoted it. So you don't know the channels to send it down to actually get it out there to reach your audience. Yeah, that's a big one. And you listed those before. What are the main ones again? So you can put it on merchandise, you can do competitions, social media, traditional media, um, sponsoring someone else's event to get to the same target audience that they are already reaching, creating gift bags branded, well, I guess that's merch, but um, stuff that you're going to give away. So branded water bottles or drinks or pens. (laughs) I shouldn't say pens because everyone does pens, but, you know, everyone uses pens. There's a reason. (laughs) Caps
0: and pens are still around. You're always looking for a pen. Yeah. So we've talked about what not to do. Now let's um, talk about some of the most memorable graphics that you've seen or created at events. Mm, Ones we've
1: created, I really liked a night... Uh, what did we call it? A night of decadence. A night of decadence. That's the one. <laughs> I wasn't even there. Oh, <laughs> uh, because you've seen it on I the have. website, probably. It was just very classy. It was a beautiful deep blue um, with gold font, uh, gold text set against it. It was just lines and simple font, and just yeah, the simplicity of it just made it super classy. Simplicity, so elegant. Yeah, like negative space. Yeah, and because we were talking a night of decadence, that word itself is already classy and decadent in itself. So adding that um, the the blues and the gold metallics, it was just it just worked. I really like that one. Beautiful. What sort of things did you apply the brand to? We did an invitation which was a chocolate bar. So mm-hmm. we wrapped the invite in this um, branding and on the back we had a fake wax seal as part of the branding. It was very cute. beautiful. We did menus, we did arrival poster, what else, social tiles, screen content.
0: Another one that you guys did when I wasn't a member of the team but I really loved was 140U. Mm, I love that it I so know much. you loved it as well and the way the brand was it was so colorful and uplifting and it, it featured um little pep talk statements which I loved like damn girl you look good today <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and what we did we, we applied that in some creative spaces so we had um people coming up from the underground into the space were going up staircases or escalators so on the walls all the way up the escalators we had the little quotes and the brand and up each stair that you stepped up you had a
0: little positive message as you walked up the stairs yeah from the train station I loved that Mm. it was such a nice welcome to the event and it extended way beyond the guests which was the important part as well that's right yeah we really engulfed the whole precinct in this in this love yourself happy vibe yeah Really good one. And then the brand featured really clearly um, gold detailing, which I loved was translated into an entire reflective gold floor. Mm-hmm. Except, I think you could set up some people's dresses, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> the practicalities, but it was beautiful. <laughs> It was kind of distorted, so you yeah, it was <laughs> actually, but it was close. It wasn't like standing on a mirror, but it was close. It was
1: close. There's some beautiful photography yeah. from that event. It's yeah, that will forever remain close to my heart. That one, I really yeah. loved it. Another one that we did, uh, which was a big one for government, was MetroNet. So, mm. we showcased the the train, the carriage that was coming out this year. Actually, so it was a couple of years ago. And we showcase the carriage of 2022. Now, to me, I personally wouldn't be going to an open display of a train carriage that's coming in a couple of years. Just doesn't float my boat. But for a lot of people, it did. 7,000 people went through this activation. And so our... Our um, goal was to appeal, make this branding appeal to families. So we used lots of bright colours. Although, let me just um, put in this little caveat: we had to not match, but we had to complement the existing MetroNet brand. So what we did that that had three lines of colour. So we took those three lines and we created different, a uh, sort of um, variation on that palette. And using the three colours again, we used round corners and we made those colours nice and bright and kid-friendly but also f- still kind of classy and would also appeal to adults. It was a really fun one to work on, different different kind of event um, and different audience. Like, I, I It took me a while to get my head around who <laughs> – because it wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't your thing. Yeah, it took me a while to get my head around who would actually – Who would
0: it appeal to and how would we get them there? But, yeah, definitely worked. And that one worked so well because of the soft lines and the curves. It almost followed a train track. That's right. I'm sure that was purposeful. And then you could create, like, this continuous – graphic that ran across like multiple social media tiles, for example, yeah. or signs, which which felt so cohesive on the day.
1: Yeah, the direction or wh- how we landed there was by looking at, you know, when you get on a train and you look at the mm. path, you look at the lines, yeah. the, uh, the actual train lines, and they do that in that kind of it's like a London tube. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was definitely something that we took into consideration and ended up with that beautiful branding.
0: Mm. One that I like that happens in Perth um, – outside of known associates amazing work is the the Perth advertising and Design Club so design club obviously they're going to have cool branding but um, it's called the skulls so it's quite dark gothic but it's got this really edgy feel and like the trophies it all ties in because the trophies are like these crystal skulls and the screen behind the stage is um, it's almost dark almost gothic but it's just really cool like the really dark centerpieces. The screens are always really like almost apocalyptic. Like I saw them like <laughs> jittering between instead of like a, you know, dorky slide transition for the award winners, we jitter like, like you
1: I know. love it. So it's really disruptive. It's yeah, not what disruptive. you expect to see. Great word. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very clever. And obviously they're in the right industry because yeah. they're creating an amazing brand. And yeah. people, you know, you don't want to see everything that's rainbows and lollipops and fun and mm. exciting, you know, just. Like th- blush. I'm kind of sick of blush. Yeah. It's yep. been done people. Just totally. leave it alone for a while.
0: Yeah. But connecting
1: to people's you know, we all love true crime and yeah. watching thrillers and, and gritty. Like that sort of you don't yeah. see it much, but Yeah. Very, very cool angle
0: to take. Mm. And bold but pays off. Yeah. And like, you know, they've thought about their target audiences, which is what I love because, you know, I know a fair few designers and there's a lot of alternate alternative people (laughs) you know they're not rainbows and fluffy they're like edgy as hell because they have to be cool (laughs)
1: totally agree there's a couple that I am thinking of right now Mm. that they're a romantic couple and they work together and they create the most amazing content they do
0: not get up during the day yeah they only work at night night yeah night people yeah And, yeah, like, you know, I can think of multiple designers who've got, like, shaved undercuts, like, just really cool hair I could never pull off. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon you could do it. No, no way. (laughs) So uh, another one that I saw around and really, really liked, I can't remember which event it is, which is why I'm being vague, but they did custom fries and burger packaging as a late-night snack later in the night. Yeah. And that was so cool. So cool. So cool. <laughs> Thanks. I can feel it coming from here.
1: <laughs> I love it when, yeah, and that's what you um, were talking about before is where can you apply this brand? Yeah. And bringing it into fun,
0: unexpected parts of the event mm-hmm. is bang on. You're going to have a talking point
1: for totally. years
0: to come. And there's so many unique applications. Like, you know, you could do a mosaic Photo booth and the picture that it makes at the end is the brand, or yeah, a coffee cart that's branded, or the cups or the tokens, or popcorn boxes I mentioned before, fairy floss cones are so like literally the sky's the limit. Yeah, we've done
1: tattoos, yeah, so at one event we had um. Actually, we had real tattoos and we had fake tattoos. So you oh. could get both at the event, but it was... Imagine if you got the stations mixed up. <laughs> I think you'd know, like oh, one yeah. second into Bzzz. it. <laughs> <laughs> one was a press-on tattoo. The other one was really Needles. painful. Yeah, right. yeah, but that was the event. It was the company's logo. So it happened to be a gemstone, so it was super cute. But when we came up with that, we are like, yes, this is the best idea ever. And so many people took it up on the night. How many people got the actual tattoo? That's what I'm talking about. Really? The actual tattoo, they couldn't get through the the list of people that had put their name down for it. Wow. Yeah, because it was free. Yeah, true. But each one took about, I'm going to say 10 minutes, but probably longer, maybe 15 to 20.
0: You wouldn't want them to rush it. It's on you forever.
1: Yeah, that's right. However, it was only a three hour
0: event, so getting to a lot of people was not achievable, so they had to get a press art. (laughs) So, what are our, closing out this episode, what are our top tips on event branding? Consistency is key, bold, striking
1: visual identity, Mm -hmm. create something that is going to build reputation
0: through trust. Um, I think it's important to get creative with the application like we've just spoken about and think about its longevity and possible future applications or needs.
1: Totally. Um, Ensuring that it lines up with the desired vibe or the purpose of the event, very important.
0: Yeah, and like you mentioned at the start, if in doubt, keep it super clean and simple because the extra white space just adds to the appeal and then you can add the flourishes depending on what medium you're using it on. Yeah, I like it. Awesome.
1: Great tips. Great tips. Yeah. Thanks for listening today. It was a pleasure to be back in your ears. We hope we don't go into isolation again and have to skip a week but because obviously we're rubbish. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to tell you right now, I would have edited this by the end, by the time you're listening to it, but recording it, Oh my goodness, my brain was not working. It was a shambles. I don't know about you, Mel. You did a lot better than I did. The magic of editing. I have eaten today though. It helps. This is true. It is quarter to one and I haven't had a morsel of food. So I need to go and get some. But thank you so much for listening and we hope you got really good intel and professional tips on how to make your event brand work for you. Thanks for tuning in. For your chance to have your
0: questions answered or join our conversation, follow us on Instagram at Behind the Clipboard Podcast.